Okay, praise the Lamb of God. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Luke chapter 2, verse 11. Luke chapter 2, verse 11. Luke chapter 2, verse 11. We'd like to welcome each and every one of you that have joined with us, and we want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. Amen. From Rock Solid Truth and from all of the people here at Rock Solid Truth, we want to thank you for inviting us into your home and thank you for the pleasure of being able to minister to you. We pray that you have a wonderful Christmas and that your time with the Lord Jesus Christ is very special this year. Luke chapter 2, verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And it shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Let us pray. Father, I want to thank you and praise you today. Magnify your name and thank you, Lord, for the opportunity once more to preach your world word. I give you all the praise and all of the glory. Your people will give you all the praise and your glory, thanking you in advance for what you're going to do today in the lives of those that are gathered here and also in the lives of those that are going to hear and to see this broadcast. We'll give you all the praise in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ, and all of God's people said. Yeah. You may be seated, praise God. The title of my message this morning, The King and His Kingdom. This week, the entire world will be celebrating the, the birth of our risen Savior, our Lord and Redeemer, Jesus Christ. The message that most of God's people are going to hear is going to be centered around the four Gospels and about the message that the Gabriel, that the Archangel Gabriel brought to a teenage girl thousands of years ago. But as I thought and I contemplated about the message that I was going to bring to you, I began to realize something that was very important as it began to stir in my spirit. And that that and that is that, that the Christmas message is not about one month that takes place once a year, but that the Christmas, Christmas message goes all the way back to the beginning of time, starting in Genesis, a time when the world was void, when the world was darkness and confusion, and that the reality of Christmas had its beginning from the very moment that God desired to bring about creation and to have fellowship with man. Look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. I'm going to be giving you uh, a complete rundown, if I may, from Genesis all the way to the time of Jesus Christ. I pray that this will be a blessing to you and that it shall 
enlighten you and bring to you and enlarge your tent. You know what the Word of God says in Isaiah? To enlarge your tent, which will bring forth the knowledge and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ through the Word of God. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Verse 2. And the earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Verse 3. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Verse 4. And God said, and God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that it was good. Back in Genesis, you know what's so important about Genesis? Is that we see God working through his word. Back in the beginning, his word was there at the beginning. Just like it is at the end. In the beginning, the word of God is proclaiming the goodness and the power of God's word. Only God, only God, is able to separate the light from the darkness. Only God. He's the only one that is able to do that. And God wants you and I to understand that it's only Him that's able to separate the darkness from the light that's in this world and in you. He's the only one that can do it. Not 12-step programs, not religion, not denominations, not common sense, not all of these things that we think that we can get rid of the darkness or our habits or whatever it is. Only God is able to separate the darkness from the light. Look at verse 2. And the earth was without form. And boy, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. This is powerful. God created the earth. And the earth was without form or void. The Hebrew word for without form is tuhu. And it means that it was a wasteland, a desert-like place, a place of darkness, a place of confusion. And the word void means that emptiness surrounded the entire planet. And then in verse 3 and 4, we've got these tremendous words. And God said, and God said, this is something that we need to understand, is that God works on this earth through his word. That's how he works. Now you can talk about dreams and you can talk about all of these different things, but I want you to understand, if you don't get nothing out of this, I want you to understand that God works in this earth 
through his word. Amen. That's how he works. And that's how the Holy Ghost works, is through his word. And in that process, God separates light from darkness. Wow. And not only does he separate light from darkness, he also makes beauty out of the ashes of that darkness. He also brings beauty out of the chaos, out of the confusion, through the Word of God. You see, I was never taught that. When I became born again, I was never, ever taught that. I was never taught and brought the revelation of God's word and God's principle and God's character. I was never taught that God worked through his word. I was never taught that I was supposed to take dominion because I was taught that God had dominion. That it was God who had dominion in my life. And I was never taught that I was to bind something. That I was to take authority over something. That I was to walk in the dominion of something. I was never ever taught that. And because of that, if I would have been taught that, the experiences that I went through in my life would have been different because of the knowledge of his word. Yeah. I wasn't taught that. Never taught that God works through his word. Never taught that all the promises of God are yea and amen unto the glory of God by us through his word. Never taught that. And God said, 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 this is how God works in this earth. And this is how the Holy Spirit works in this earth. Verse 4. And God saw the light. That was good. The word good in the Hebrew is tob. And this is what it means. Beautiful. God saw the light and it was beautiful. Not good, even though good is translated beautiful. This is God speaking. He saw the light and he said, beautiful. Powerful. God brought light out of the darkness. It's beautiful. God brought light out of the chaos. It's beautiful. God brought light out of the confusion. Beautiful. And God saw the light and it was good. That's what the Word of God does in our lives. That's what the Word of God does in this world. It brings order. It brings beauty out of ashes. In the midst of chaos, it brings beauty to a wasteland that this earth was when it was formed. Look at Psalm 107, verse 20. 
107 verse 20. And he said his word and healed them. What a sickness, a wasteland. What a sickness, confusion. What a sickness, darkness. What a sickness, a tool of the devil. And he brings, by his stripes he's healed, and he brings out of those stripes, he brings beauty to that wasteland, to that, to that, to that darkness, and he heals them. And delivered them from all their destructions. Look at John chapter 6, verse 63. It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. This is how God works. You want God to work in your life? This is how he works. Do his work. And it works in a receptive heart. It works in a heart that believes. It works in a heart that receives. It works in a heart that grasps a hold of it when they hear it because it quickens that heart just like it quickened him as he rose from the dead. So I've been showing you God's part in this earth. God's part in his In his message, in his reality. Now let's look at our part. God's got a part. Let's now look at our part. Because most of God's people look at God and want God to do it all. They don't think that they've got a part at all in this. But now we need to look at our part. If this is going to work in God's kingdom and with the king. How many getting me? Yeah. Look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. I am so thankful that I've got authority over creeps. Amen. I'm telling you again, I am so thankful that I have authority over creeps. Hallelujah. Look at verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female, created he them. When God created man, he created him special. I don't know if you understand that or not. He was special. He was the crowning jewel of God's creation. He made him a little lower than the angels, but crowned him with honor and glory. 
crowned him. Man was God's ultimate creation. Look at Psalm chapter 8, verse 4. Psalm chapter 8, verse 4. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Verse 9. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. God created man so unique and so special that man often gets the idea that he's the creator instead of the creation. Because man knows that he's special. God made him special. God crowned him with glory and honor to the place that man gets confused many times because he thinks he's the creator. And God gave it. Why did God give it? Simply because of the love of God. He looked at man and he said, My perfection, my glory, and I'm going to put a crown on his head and I'm going to crown him with all of the glory that I have. You see, multitudes of people don't know this. They don't know how special they are in God's eyes. Crown him with honor and glory. Verse 28. And God blessed them. And said, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Verse 29. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed which is upon the face of the earth, and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree-yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. Verse 30. And to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. Verse 31. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. What did I just tell you what good was about? Beautiful. Now God says, it's very good. Beautiful. Getting this church? Yep. Powerful. This is powerful. God said it was very good, and the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So Adam and Eve was the crown jewel of God's creation. Adam was the highlight of God's creation. And what God did was that He awarded Adam stewardship. Rulership and partnership. Stewardship, rulership, and partnership. That's what God gave to Adam. That's how special he was. He said, you're the God, or little g. You're the God of this earth. You see, if I would have been taught when I went to church, when I 
became born again, when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, if I would have been taught that God has given to me real stewardship, rulership, and partnership, things would have been completely different in my life. I wouldn't have been struggling. I wouldn't have been insecure. I wouldn't have thought about losing my salvation. I wouldn't have went through a lot of the things that I went through because I went through without any knowledge. And 30 years later, the Lord is bringing to me this message, and it should have been taught to me 30 years ago. I thank you because I asked you, I said, what do you want this Christmas? You want me to bring you a message? Christmas message? Or do you want me to continue on with our series? You said, bring us a Christmas message. This is because of that. Now, I will guarantee you that it is the weirdest Christmas message you've ever heard. I will tell you that. But by the time that I'm done with it, you will say it's the greatest Christmas message that I've heard. Not because you pre I preached it, but because of the revelation that was brought to you through God's Word. Amen. I didn't know that I was supposed to bind things and loose things. I didn't know that I had a role to play in this partnership, and in this stewardship, and in this rulership. I didn't know. And many people today, many people today are blaming God. Blaming God. Born again children of God. Blaming God for the sickness in the world. Blaming God for the deaths of little babies. Blaming God for hurricanes and tsunamis and, and tornadoes that are wiping out multitudes of people. Multitudes of people blaming God for the death of their spouses, for the death of their children. Many people believe in God that blaming God for the coronavirus because of the aborted 40 million babies that has happened in the United States. Blaming God. And the reason that is because God has placed a curse on us because of that. What a lie. Yes. You see, if that's true, if that is true, then that means that the sacrifice that Jesus made meant absolutely nothing because in Isaiah, God the Father says, I am satisfied with the sacrifice. Amen. I am satisfied. No more will sin ring. No more will you find my wealth. I am satisfied with the sacrifice of my son. You see, we don't understand that we have a role to play in this relationship with the king and his kingdom. The king is here. He says, I'll never leave you no forsake. But there's a role that you and I, as children of God, we must play in order to see the things and the victory that God has imparted and given to us. It, it has to be because we play the role 
of what he has given to us. And the reason we don't play our role is because of pastors and preachers and churches who don't teach us our role. You see, church is not about just going to hear a message. Church is not about a, a, a Christmas program. And, and they're nice, they're good. I, I have no problem with that. But I want to tell you, it's this word that makes the difference in your life. It's this word that's going to make the difference in somebody else's life. It's always this word, and you've got a role to play. God gave his word. He said, let there be light. And because he gave you light, you're going to have to take that authority through God and separate that light from the darkness that's in their life. Amen. Glory to the Lamb of God. See, I didn't understand that the faith he gave me was the faith that I had to use and walk in it and grab it and take it from a substance. Now faith, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things helped for, the evidence of things not said. I didn't know that I was to reach into that spiritual world and make it manifest in the physical world. I didn't know that. Yeah. I read the scriptures and I did not grasp it because I wasn't taught that. But more than that, I didn't ask the Holy Spirit about that. I just walked around in confusion, hoping someday that the light's going to turn on. I'll take a good amen. Yeah. amen. Because that's what we do. We read the Bible, we say, well, I don't understand that, so what do we do? We jump to the next place, hoping we can understand that. We don't get it. It was God who brought for the light out of darkness. In the beginning, it was God who brought forth the light out of darkness. It was God who brought forth the order out of chaos. And it was God who brought forth the beauty out of ashes. God did that. In the beginning, God did that. It wasn't God who plunged us back into darkness. It was Adam. Adam is the one who plunged us back into chaos. Plunged us back into darkness. Plunged us back into all of us. It wasn't God. God brought the light out of darkness. Adam thrust us back into darkness.
you understand the meaning of Christmas and what Christmas really means. Because we come to the place in our world and in our society that Christmas is nothing more than a December celebration in the church throughout the world. That's all it is. Christmas trees that are pagan, gifts that are pagan, Christmas programs that are pagan. Oh, you're against all that? No, I'm not against all of that. No more than I'm going to sit and criticize because you throw a bunch of Easter eggs out because of a bunny that doesn't exist. I'm not going to criticize that. But I'm going to tell you it is not the purpose of Easter. No more than Christmas is the purpose of gifts and turkeys and hams and family gatherings. That is not the meaning of Christmas. The Christmas is about Genesis going all the way to the time that a teenage girl receives the glory of Almighty God. Ooh, glory is right. Adam was the gardener of all of God's creation. He was the main landscaper. He was the one in charge. God says, give the stewardship, rulership, and partnership. Take care of everything I've created. Adam failed. Not only did he fail, but he chose to live a life completely independent of God. He chose to sever, sever, cut off stewardship, rulership, and partnership, and give it to someone else who is the enemy of God, Satan. I said it again, I'll say it again, it was Adam who plunged us back into the chaos, the confusion, and the darkness. It was Adam who plunged the entire human race back into darkness. God has not brought all the death and all the sickness God is still trying to bring all, get the beauty out of the ashes, to bring the light out of the darkness, to bring things back into order and to bring things back into stability. From the time that Adam plunged us back, God has been trying to get us back.
masculine. Have you ever heard of Christmas message like that? Never. But it's a good one. Was Adam who brought all the death, the sickness, the addiction, the misery, the collapse, the fatalities, the spouses dying, the children dying, the tornado, the tsunamis, the tornado, the hurricane, everything that comes against man to destroy him, Adam brought it. Do I think that he knew what he was bringing? No, he didn't. Just like a, an individual who's never tasted or ever taken coke or has never tasted heroin. Now, just like they don't understand the darkness that they are plunging themselves into the, mistime, the first time they take it through their nose or the first time that they inject it by a needle. They don't know the darkness. But let's not even go to that darkness. Let's just go to a cigarette. You don't understand the darkness that you're getting into when you puff that cigarette because you want to know what the mystery of darkness is? Is that you're involved in it. It blinds you. It hardens you. And you don't even know how bad it is when you're in it. That's true. You don't even know how bad it is. Because you're blinded. You can't see. Your heart is hardened. You're not receptive. It was Adam who brought all this. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22. We on track with the scriptures. For in Adam all die. That's the scripture. For in Adam all die. Even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Amen. Oh my goodness. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. That's right. The devil's still dealing in death. Jesus is dealing in death, which is alive. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Here lies the reason for the second Adam. The restoration and the bringing back of God's prized creation, his ultimate glory, his prized creation, that God the Father would love us so much, so much, that he would give up his son to redeem a bunch of deplorables. Loved us so much.
and all of our sin and all of our depravity. And he's still beholding the crown of glory that he crowned us with. Back at creation. So that we could be brought back to our rightful place in His creation. You see, the second Adam has come to reverse what the first Adam failed in and to accomplish what needs to be accomplished in our lives. And we need to understand our role, which is to for stewardship, rulership, and partnership to this king and his kingdom. Genesis chapter 6, verse 13. God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me. For the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with, with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood, rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without pitch. It's hard for me to grasp that the entire world was corrupt except for eight people. I can't wrap my brain around it. I can't grasp it. That it was unredeemable. Even in the eyes of God, it was unredeemable. There was no way that he could bring light out of darkness that was so corrupt. And the only thing that he could fathom was to take the eight people that were still dealing in stewardship, rulership, and partnership. And to destroy everyone else because they're so corrupt. I have a hard time grasping it. And yet that's what the Word says. You see, we never need to never forget this. This earth doesn't belong to us. God has ownership of it. Yes. That's right. But we've been given stewardship, rulership, and partnership of it. Eight people. Eight people. 
and he destroyed the entire world. And then we see the waters receding. And we see God working through Noah. We see God working through Abraham, through his word. Because remember, God only works through his word. And God begins to work through Abraham. And he begins to get his word into the earth. And he creates a covenant with Abraham. And out of Abraham comes Isaac. And out of Isaac comes Jacob. Jacob is a person who you don't want to buy a used chariot from. What do I mean by that? He was a scoundrel. He was a cheat. He would do everything in his power, amen, to benefit himself. Jacob was a man who wrestled with God and at the end of it submitted unto God. Out of Israel, God changed his name from Jacob to Israel. Out of Israel comes 12 sons who would be the 12 tribes of Israel. Out of those 12 tribes would come prophets. And those who were walking in the power of God's word. Then God raised up Moses. And out of Moses, he established the law. <laughs> now, watch this. Though the law never made anyone righteous, what the law did was it put a restraint on man and the devil. Why? So that the world couldn't be corrupt again because the law was meant for one purpose, and that was to restrain the devil and man so that a Savior could be brought into this world. Yes. That was the purpose of the law, to restrain the devil and to restrain man. What does man do? He falls in line because the law says if you pick up sticks on Sunday, you're worthy of death. That doesn't seem like it's important, but I'll tell you what it does. It stops the onslaught of sin. Because before the law, there was no onslaught. Man did whatever man wanted to do. Whenever he was influenced by Satan and the devil. So the law put a restraint on man. We getting this? Yes. Out of Israel, out of the twelve tribes come the prophets. And then we've got Romans chapter 9, verse 6. Romans chapter 9, verse 6. Not as though the word of God had taken none effect. For they that are not of Israel. For they are not all Israel, which are of Israel. You know, I looked at that and I thought, well, what does 
he saying there? I'll tell you what he's saying. That all of Israel was not Israel. Just like all of the church is not the church. Right. Well, that's powerful. All of Israel is not Israel. Just like all of the church is not the church. We have multitudes of churches throughout the world. Multitudes of churches that are not the church. What do I mean by that? They're not walking in stewardship, rulership, and partnership. They have a denomination. They have a group of people. But they are not walking in stewardship, rulership, and partnership. So if you're not walking in stewardship, partnership, and rulership, what does that mean? It means you're not part of the church. That's what it means. Yes, you go to church. Yes, you have a denomination. Yes, all of these things, but it doesn't make you the church. Because those that are the church are the remnant. Those that are the church who have an intimacy with Christ those that are in the church have a deep down it, and they walk according to this word. They walk according to all that God has given. Just like Israel. All of Israel is not Israel. Right. Powerful. And I'm not making any disparagement here concerning any type of denomination. I'm only saying that all of the church is not the church. And you don't have to go very far to find out who is the church and who is not the church. How many tribes were there? Twelve. How many were backslidden? Ten were backslidden. Ten followed. The kings. Two were the remnant. Judah and Benjamin. Those were the remnant. It's out of Judah and Benjamin that the seed of Christ is going to go forth in. Because they are the remnant. They are the, the tribe. Glory to God. There is a remnant. You've heard the scripture that when the bridegroom cometh, they're rejoicing and they're and and they're glorifying and magnifying. And six hear the bridegroom coming and follow him. Six didn't have oil and they run to get oil and they come back and they're knocking on the door and they say, "Lord, let us in." And what does he say? I never knew you. Why is he saying, I never knew you? Because they were not the church. Lord, when we did this, we prophesied, and we healed the sick, and we cast out demons. I never knew you. Why? Because you're not the church. You don't have intimacy with me. A remnant. A remnant. 
And we come all the way through the Word of God now, and we come to this teenage girl who is a virgin, who trusts God. She trusts Him and believes Him. And God sends an angel, an archangel, an important angel, to give her a message. And she believes. I want to show you how light comes out of darkness. Because here's what God did when he talked to this teenage girl. He invaded the darkness of the world. Invaded. Gabriel come to talk to this woman, this child, this teenage girl. And God invaded the darkness. Look at John chapter 1-1. was the Word. That's where we started this morning. Back in the beginning. And I showed you the Word. And God said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It was in the beginning. It'll always be in the beginning. Because He's the Alpha and the Omega. He'll always be at the end. Verse 2. The same was in the beginning with God. Verse 3. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Verse 4. In Him was light, and the light was the light of man. Verse 5. Watch this. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. In the beginning we had darkness. Adam plunged us back into darkness. The light comes forth and the darkness wasn't able to comprehend it. You know what that means? That word comprehended, darkness can never, ever, ever, ever extinguish it. Never. Oh my goodness. Never. Because light always exposes and expels darkness. Always. It always will. You see, this is something else that I was supposed to learn when I became born again. I was supposed to learn that 
Darkness can never, ever, 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 ever overcome light. But you see, we take on all of these philosophies and all of these things because now we've got the light and yet situations and circumstances that expound darkness. And what happens? We believe it and we are influenced by it. Prosperity. Bills. Sickness. And darkness is never supposed to, to, to influence the light, but yet it does. Because we've never been taught that darkness can never, ever, 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 ever have influence over the light. Because we weren't taught that from the very beginning. And so we're saying 10, 15, 20 years and we're still being influenced by the darkness that's supposed to have no influence on us because we're light. We struggle. We struggle because of darkness, never understanding the powerfulness and the glory and the power of the light that lives in us. God is raising up a remnant who is beginning to walk in stewardship, rulership, and partnership. People that are learning to take authority and dominion over what God told them way back in Genesis. Look at John 1.14. John 1, 14. And the Word was made flesh. Get this now. The Word that was at the beginning now is being made flesh. And dwelt among us and we beheld the glory. The glory of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. Have you ever thought about this? The very, very first Christmas when God invaded our world of darkness with the Holy Child. For thousands of years, God has been speaking His Word, speaking them to multitudes, to Noah, to Moses, to Isaiah, to Ezekiel, to Elijah. God has done a binding covenant with Abraham and, and he's taken thousands of years to get this word into all of the prophets. And then on one day, all that God has been doing for a thousand years came together and into this little girl. And she said, I believe it. And everything that God had been doing for thousands of years, getting it through the prophets and getting it through the, through, 
our Bible with feet. Jesus is our Bible with hands. Jesus is our Jesus is our with with eyeballs. Jesus is him. People that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shine. You see, this is not only to Israel. This is to me. This is to you. This is to everyone that has behold this great light. He shall come as a babe in the manger. Once again, crowned with glory and honor. Crowned with glory and honor. Angels singing hallelujah in the fields of the shepherds are attending their thoughts. The very first Christmas. His kingdom consummated and reigning on this earth. And watch this. When he comes again, there will be no darkness. Yes. Because the great light will shine throughout the entire world. Amen. And there will be only light. Amen. Glory to God. Only light. Darkness will be gone. 
I am so glad that you invited us into your home. What a blessing it has been for us, and I pray that the blessing has transpired to you as well. I'd like to speak to you about a few things, if I may. Uh, go to our website, www.rocksolidtruth, and take a look and see what we're doing, our projects over in Africa, water filtration, helping children uh, in their schools. I think it would just be a blessing to you. It would be an honor if you would partner with us. Uh, I'll be looking forward to hearing from you. Go with God, and he will surely 